Good morning. Hope you guys are doing good. Glad to see you. Um, excited to uh, continue in what we have been looking at over the the last few weeks, really, and um, looking at this uh, concept that we've been building on and, and looking at this foundation of the church. And so um, we've been talking about that. There's a, a passage of scripture that's been on my heart a lot lately that they're going to throw up here um, in just a second, I hope. Um, and, uh, when we look at this, I want us to really grab hold of this passage because in this section of scripture, Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he's saying, listen, God's building a temple. He's building a holy temple. He's building his church. He's not talking about a temple that's being built with, um, mortar and brick and, and all of these things. He's talking about a temple that's being built with God's people. And God is building this temple. I, I really believe this, guys, that God is building um, his, his church. He, the Bible says this. I believe God has brought us into a place where he's building uh, this body. He, he's building us towards something. So we're moving towards something. God is building us up. Um, you know, and it's, it's important for us to see this that God has a very clear, distinct purpose, not just for this church, but for his church, the, the body of Christ. And so um, I want us to grab hold of that and really realize that we're being built for something, we're being built into something. And, and, and we're gonna continue looking at this this week. One aspect of this that's huge and is gonna be vital, it, it won't happen without this, is prayer. Um, so I wanna encourage you, Joey mentioned this, but I wanna encourage you to come out Tonight at six, we're gonna worship, we're gonna pray. Um, we're gonna seek God, we're gonna ask him to move, um, not just here in, in this church, not just here in this community, but throughout the world. Um, and, and we're gonna pray for a great move of his spirit uh, to fulfill what he has in mind for his church to fulfill. Um, we're gonna pray basically what we've been talking about the last uh, few weeks and looking at his purpose. Um, you know, to fulfill our purpose by filling the earth with God's image and transforming the earth uh, to his glory, that it would be glorious to him. It's what we were created for originally. It's what we're created for now is that the earth would be filled with, with people recreated now in his image, that all the earth would sing his praise, all the earth would bring him glory. And so we're gonna be a part of that purpose um, as we look at this. Um, when we think about this, and we'll talk a little bit more about this today, we, we all, as in all churches, all Christians have one purpose. Uh, we may have different callings or different functions, but this is one universal purpose that the church has. And so that's what we're gonna be about also. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks that we have two goals in this. One is that the church grows to maturity that we come to the fullness of Christ, not just us as individuals, but the church as a whole body. And we're gonna continue looking at that today. Um, the second goal is that we move from this um, dependency or pastoral system that we've kind of known in the church and we get into this place where we're on more of a biblical model, where we are church, where every uh, person um, who has faith in Christ, who is a part of the body, has a function. Every member is a minister, so to speak. It's not just, uh, a minister's not just someone who is called pastor or wears a collar or whatever. Uh, every person who is a believer, a follower in, of Jesus is a minister. We're called to minister the gospel. We're called to um, share 
Christ's love and Christ's word with the world. And so what, when we look at this, we're, we're trying, the goal is to move from what we see here on the left, where everything kind of focuses in and is kind of built off of a few people, to this on the right side, where we see this in Ephesians 4, where we're growing up um, and everybody is participating in the work of Christ. And so we want to see that happen. Introduced this to you last week. We see in Ephesians 4 that Paul kind of lays it out like we saw in that first slide. But in reality, this is, this is really how it happens. There's not a hierarchy of people in the church. It's not the pastors here and then everybody else is here. We're all one body. We're all connected to Jesus. There is no other mediator between us and God, right? Uh, Jesus is the only mediator. Now we are all connected to Christ. We're all connected to the head. And we walk side by side as people are being equipped grown up, growing into the fullness of Christ until every part of the body does its work. And so this is what we're working towards. This is what God's building us towards. This is what he's revealing and showing us. And so when we look at this today, um, we're going to this second crack in this foundation. Obviously, there's no cracks in Jesus. He is perfect. But in some of the ways we've communicated things, in some of the ways we've um, looked at things many times in the church, um, there's areas that we need to shore up in our understanding of, of Christ, in our understanding of what it means to be a believer. And so we're going to do that. We're going to take our time and we're going to work through this and allow God to build this and um, allow him to strengthen our foundation. The last five weeks, we've been go going through this first one, uh, the no clear call to follow Christ. We looked at um, answering these questions. Who is he? Um, what am I seeking or why would I follow? What will it cost me? And is it worth it? We've, we answered those questions. Last week, we kind of summarized all of those, brought all those together to see how they build off of one another. If you missed those messages, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to them. Um, if nothing else, go back and listen to last week's. It'll kind of bring all of it together for you. And so um, really important that we understand what it is to follow Jesus. And we, we summarize that into saying that following is continuing in his presence. It's following him. Um, it's not going our own way. It's following him, continuing with him. Um, and the answer is it's absolutely worth it. And so uh, it's what we've been looking at. Today, we're gonna move to the second one, which is uh, many times there's been no clear call to fullness in Christ, no clear call to fullness or even understanding what does it mean to, to be um, in Christ and have the fullness of Christ. And so we're going to be looking at that. Uh, we're going to look at these questions during the next few weeks. What is fullness in Christ? Why is fullness in Christ important? And how do we attain fullness in Christ? Okay, we're going to hit all three of those um, briefly uh, today. But then we're going to go back, and especially the last two, we'll, we'll pretty much answer number one today. But two and three, we're going to go back and break down further in the coming weeks. And so um, that's where we're headed. That's what we're uh, looking at. And here's the thing I want to encourage you. I really hope that this is something you want, you want right? You want to get this, that we want to grow up, that we want to be the church that God's uh, called us to be. Uh, that we, we want to see his purpose fulfilled, that, that that would, even if it's not, that that would be our prayer, that God would make this burn in our hearts and that it would become our number one obsession, him and his purpose, right? And so I, I, 
I want to encourage you, bring a Bible. Bring a Bible. Look, we're going to use it. Bring something to write something down with. Hopefully there's something I say, right? If you're hungry and you come in here to get it, even if I'm no good at this, God ought to speak something to your heart, okay? So write something down, take it away, spend time in it, spend time going back through the scriptures, spend time with God, continue in his presence, let him grow you up. And so that's what we're gonna talk about. Why don't we pray um, right now and let's get into this. Before I do, there's something that's, that's on my heart that I really want to uh, pray for as we're praying. And one of the ways that God brings us to, to fullness is by mending and restoring what's been broken, okay? It's just on my heart today to pray for those here today who um, you're just really feeling this brokenness or some area of your life today that um, has been wounded, uh, that needs mending, that needs restoring, that needs healing. And so I want to pray for you. Um, I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come down here. You know who you are. But, but I do, as we pray going into this message, I want to pray for you today. So Father, we thank you for your love and grace for us. If it, if it weren't for that, Lord, um, where would we be? God, I, I pray right now that you would touch those here today who are, who are broken. God, we're all broken in many ways. But God, I pray um, that you meet each person where they are. I thank you that you, you do that, God. I, I pray that where there's anxiety, you would speak peace. Pray where there would be need, a need of healing, God, you would touch and heal. God, I pray that you would move each of us towards wholeness in you. God, that our, our faith would grow as we have eyes to see you more clearly and our faith would grow as we have ears to hear what you're saying to us. God, give us a great hunger for you. And God, stir that hunger in us today through your spirit and through the spirit working through your word. Give us ears to hear, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to start this out today by just defining what fullness is. Um, so we're going to put this up. Just, just a quick definition of fullness. If we're going to talk about what is fullness in Christ, we need to know what fullness is. So fullness, and this is how we're thinking of this. This is um, how we see it, is that fullness is to be complete, perfect, whole, thorough. It's having all, okay? That's a big word, and when we're talking about fullness, is having all. God has not withheld anything from us, right? He has given himself completely, all of himself to us in Christ. He didn't hold anything back. So having all or the totality of something, something in its completeness, right? Um, and so when we think about being full in Christ or the fullness of Christ or coming into the fullness of Christ, it's kind of crazy to think about this, but what we're really talking about is being exactly like Christ, the fullness of Christ, complete, lacking nothing, whole, 
thoroughly complete, okay? That's kind of crazy to think about. And it's gonna sound even more crazy as we look at some of the scriptures we're gonna look at today. We're gonna go through a bunch, but they're all kind of within reasonable range of each other. So we'll be able to get to them quick, all right? So complete, perfect, whole, thorough, having all or the totality of something, um, not lacking, being whole, perfect, um, all things that is in Christ. And so we look at this. this. The second thing I want you to see, and this is kind of jumping to that third question, but I just want to hit it briefly. How do we attain fullness in Christ? All right. Fullness in Christ is both given and grown. Okay. Fullness in Christ is both given and grown. But what's given and how we're grown all comes through the working of faith. God's grace working through faith. So he gives us fullness, but we also grow into fullness. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Here's another thought I want you to see, is that fullness grows out of what has been given, okay? So this fullness in Christ, God gives it to us by faith, through his grace by faith, and then God grows us up by faith. We continue, we're gonna see in Colossians 2, 6, we continue in the same way we started, we began. How did we begin? By faith, it's by faith from beginning to end. And so we're given fullness in Christ, then we grow into fullness in Christ. What, what fullness though grows out of what has been given. So think about sowing a seed into the ground, right? That seed gets sown into the ground, and then um, with the right nourishment, with, with the right um, uh, giving the things that it needs, everything's in that seed that is necessary for it to grow up into the plant that it's supposed to be. If it's watered, fertilized, all of those things. But what, what's, that plant is inside that seed. And we're the same way. When we come to faith in Christ, God gives us what's necessary. He doesn't withhold anything. He gives us all that's necessary, not only for us to have fullness in Christ, but for us to grow into fullness in Christ. Okay. When you think about that, so he gives it, then we grow into it. When we were at the high school, I did a little illustration one time, um, talking about growing in Christ. And, and I brought um, a pair of uh, Reed's pants, my, my youngest one's pants at the time. He was probably two or three years old, so he had little bitty old pants. Held them up. Everybody was like, oh. Anybody remember this? Anybody go that far back that you actually remember this? Yeah. Yeah, so I held them over. I was like, oh. Then I held up my big old pants, and they're like, dang. You know, I mean, they didn't really ooh and all over that, right? But, but you look at it. Now, I could give Reed my pants, right? I could give him my clothes. Are they his? Yeah. Completely his. I 100% gave them to him. Do they fit him right now? No. But are they his? Absolutely. But over time, as, and he may not get exactly as big as me, but work with me here, okay? As, as over time, with the right nourishment, with the right things, he's got everything inside of him to grow into those clothes. Same thing with God. He gives us fullness, everything we need for fullness in Christ. He gives it to us. He gives us fullness. And then he grows us up into it. And so 
Fullness grows out of what God has given. I want you to see this is God from beginning to end. This is faith from beginning to end. What God gives and what God grows, we can't, we can't uh, attain it. We can't maintain it. We can't make it grow. It's all by faith. It's all by what we talked about the last five weeks, continuing with Jesus, continuing in his presence, okay? I wanna talk to you about three areas of fullness. The first one is fullness of relationship, okay? These are really important, these three areas. Without these three areas, you remember the purpose we talked about, right? That the earth would be filled with the glory of his image, that, that the earth would, uh, all, the, all the earth would sing his praise, that the earth would be ruled over and reigned uh, and stewarded uh, in a way that glorifies God. Without these three things, we're about to see this can't happen, okay? So when we look at this, the first one is fullness of relationship. Let's get into some of the scripture here. Um, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Just go through the Gospels and Acts and Romans and 1 Corinthians. You'll come to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to begin reading in verse 16, Paul writing to this Corinthian church. is talking here, he's, he's about to talk about this ministry of reconciliation, of how God has brought people back to himself, reconciled them to himself. He, and Jesus says this, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We don't see him through the world's lens. We don't see him as the world does. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And listen to this, all, I told you that's a big word. All this is from God, all of it, all of it. Every bit of it is a gift from God. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Right there, he's speaking of this reconciliation as something that has been done, okay? When we think about fullness of relationship, I want you to understand this, that, that we look at it as given and we're gonna look at it as growing into it. But as it is given, you, if you are in Christ, could not be more reconciled to God than you are right now. You may not feel very reconciled, you may have had a bad morning. You may have fought with your spouse. You may have fought with your kids. You may have yelled at somebody that pulled out in front of you. I don't know what it was. You may be not feeling too good about things. Maybe this week, maybe last night, whatever it might be. If we're in Christ, the truth of it is we could not be more reconciled than we are right now. We could not be more connected to God than we are right now. Understand, before Christ, before we come to faith in Christ, we're not just um, in a disagreement with God. The Bible tells us we are enemies of God, destined for the wrath of God to fall on us because of our sin. But because of his great love for us, God sent Christ, sent Jesus to become sin for us. In fact, if you look at 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it's exactly what, he said, what it says, what Paul wrote. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
So he sent Jesus, even while we were enemies, he sent Jesus to reconcile us to himself as he's reconciling not just an individual, but the world to himself through Christ. But this is something that Paul speaks of as having been done. This relationship, this connection has been established. But listen to this. We talk about it's given. Now look at this at Philippians. Go to Philippians um, chapter three. Go to the right, a few books. Philippians chapter three. Okay. Verse seven. Paul writing to this church, he says, and he's, he's talking about, he's trying to protect them from going back into this legalistic way of approaching God in which you have to add something to faith to be made right with God. He's talked about all in, in the first part of Philippians 3, he's talked about all of these great accomplishments and his pedigree and who he came from and how if anybody could brag about what they had accomplished or who they were, it would be him. But listen to what he says in Philippians 3, 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. So what's he saying right there? If you look at those, uh, that first couple of verses, verse seven and eight, he's saying, listen, all of this stuff I attained, all of this pedigree, all of my background, all of my studying, all of this, it, it's nothing, it's worth nothing to me in comparison with what? Knowing Jesus being in relationship with Christ, knowing him, all right? He knows him. He said, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. He's saying, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna attain this righteousness on my own. I can't do it. He says, but that righteousness, which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now listen to what he says. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now listen, this is the same person who's already written that we've been reconciled. This is the same person who wrote verses seven and eight and said, knowing Christ is better than knowing than anything I've ever accomplished, anything that's ever been happened to me, anything that's ever been given to me. He said, knowing Christ is the greatest thing I've ever known. But then he comes down here and you get to verse 10 and he says, I want to know Christ. So either he's got a really short term memory issue, right? He lost it there in three verses or there's something more to it. See, we're not just brought into or given this reconciled relationship. We're not just given relationship with God through faith. We're not just reconciled to him and, and then we know him and that's all there is to it. We continue to grow in our knowing him and in, in, in our relationship with him. As we continue in his presence, we continue to grow in this knowing. And that's what Paul is saying. He goes on and he talks about striving for this. I wanna know him more. I wanna know him better. If you just think about human relationships, isn't it that way? You start out with someone and you start out married, even if you dated for a long time and you got to know each other, you start out and you, know, you, you go into marriage. You know that person much better after 10 years than you did 
day one of marriage. It's the same thing with God. We're brought into this relationship, reconciled completely and fully, wholly, fully reconciled. And yet, he says, look, I want to know him more. I want to grow in this relationship. The second one, so we see this, is, is given and it's grown. The second area that we need to look at is fullness of image or identity, okay? And when we look at this, I want us to understand that his image, his identity also speaks of his righteousness, all right? And so when we come to Christ, we come to this place where um, we're, we're made into his image, we're, we're made into his righteousness. Um, go back again, just flip back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We just looked at some verses that speak to this. Paul says this, he says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. He's saying, so you have in Christ become a new creature. He tells us that because of faith in Christ, that we have become righteous. In other words, we have attained Christ's uh, perfection by faith. How many of you feel perfect this morning? Nobody. But, but see, here's, here's the thing, guys, and I really want you to hear this. If we're gonna grow to fullness in Christ, then God's word can't be a suggestion and it can't be another voice that is competing with other voices, okay? It has to be the authority, the greatest authority in our life. We have to see it, as we'll read in a few minutes, as God breathed. It, it emanates from God, it is God. Jesus is the word made flesh. It has the authority of God, the authority of Christ. And so even if we don't feel that we have the fullness of God's image, his righteousness, his wholeness, we come to his word and we say, well, that says it, that settles it. And I recognize this. I recognize that I've already been made a new creation. I recognize that my past, present, and future have been covered. And, and listen, that should lead us to worship. That should overwhelm us. That should amaze us. That he has given me this right standing. He has given me Christ's identity. He sees me in Jesus's image. We see that, that he's given us that by faith in Christ. Go to Colossians 2, 9. Flip to the right. You'll go like through Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians 2, 9, it says, for in Christ, this is the same guy writing all of this. I believe every passage we're gonna to read today is written by the Apostle Paul, the same person. He says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. What's he saying? All of God was in Christ. That's why we talk about this a lot here, that if you look at Jesus, you see who God is, you see what God is like. All, I told you that's an important word. All of God was in Christ is in Christ. 
He says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. You have been brought to fullness. What's he saying? All of God has been given to you. The fullness of God has been put within you. When you came into Christ, you didn't get part of it. You got the whole thing. God held nothing back from you. The fullness of God is in you. His full image, his full identity, his full righteousness is in you. Look, go backwards to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter four, same guy writing this. We've read this passage quite a bit, but Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I told you, we're being built to something. God's building something until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So listen to that again, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then he says in verse 14, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Same guy who's told us we have received the fullness of God's righteousness, the fullness of Christ's image, the fullness of Christ's identity. He now tells us that we are to grow up into the fullness of Christ. So it's given, but it's grown into. Here's where we oftentimes make mistakes as Christians. We come to this place where we come to faith and we are brought into relationship with Christ through right standing or righteousness in Christ. The end. We miss the growing into part that God gives it all by faith, but then he wants to grow us up into it by faith. This is the heart of it. There's passages, some passages in Colossians, different places that Paul tells us this. Pretty much he says this, My one goal, my one aim, my one heart, my one purpose in life is that the church is presented to Christ as whole and mature, having grown up in him. It's his whole goal. If it's that important to Paul, it was that important to be put in scripture. If it's that important for God to give this to us, then it needs to be that important for us that we are part of it that we grow up into it. And so God gives us that image, the righteousness, the identity of Christ, but then we grow into it. We, we don't just have those, those big clothes that, 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 that are too big, but, but by faith, the grace of God, him doing in us and for us and through us, what we can't do for ourselves, he grows us up into the identity, the image, the righteousness of Christ. Good? All right, last one, fullness of expression, okay? Now, let me explain what I mean by that. 
fullness of expression. I mean, as we walk in relationship and continue in the presence of Christ, as we are growing in his image and identity, as we grow in his righteousness, then we get to this place where we, not just an individual, but we, the church, the body of Christ, are able to express Christ to the world. It becomes a fuller expression of Jesus. So it becomes a fullness of expression, a fullness of expression in Christ, where the church or the world looks at the church and they see a full expression. Why? Because the fullness of God lives in us. But he hasn't just been given to us, but we've been growing up into it. So now it is expressed. It's expressed um, to the world in what they see in us. It's expressed to the world by how we function as the body. It's expressed um, within the church, as we experience together the fullness of Jesus in each other. But it's given and it's grown, okay? Go uh, backwards now, take a left. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to see this. Listen, this is, we're, we're talking about a foundation, but we're really laying out a foundation or a structure for the next few weeks. I want you to see this. Beginning in 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Again, Paul writing, this time to the Corinthians. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them all. There are different kinds of service. He's speaking about the body of Christ, the church. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now listen to this verse. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is what? given for the common good, for the body, for the building up of the body of his church. To one, there's given through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing spirits between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these things are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. What do we see in there? That God gives us different functions. He gives us um, these different ways of expressing who he is, not in isolation, but within the body of Christ so that the whole body is built up, that the whole body is all for the common good of the body. That we grow up, that he gives us these things. He gives us these different manifestations, these different functions within the body. And we understand this, and Paul talks about this on the end, that there's not one function in the body, there's not one expression that God gives to anyone that's less important than the other. Um, just a, a little example, uh, you know, when we think about just our human body, um, I've always been this way, even when I was in the construction business doing roofing and all, it, it doesn't matter what I do, I'm gonna hurt myself. Just happens. In roofing, I could get around sheet metal for five, 10 minutes, I'm cut, right? Just got scars on my hand, just, just the way it was. I was go I'm gonna hurt myself somehow. So the other day I, I was uh, working on building this a little, a little uh, shelter over our well um, and, and pump and all that stuff because one of the hurricanes that came through two or three years ago decided to take our old one with it. 
Um, so I needed to build a new one. Been procrastinating that a little while. Um, so I started to work on this, went to Lowe's, got some wood, strapped it down on the trailer with one of those ratchet straps, right? They're great when they work right. Um, strapped it down, strapped it down really tight. I'm talking about as tight as I could get it. I get home and um, had all the wood, <laughs> miracle. Um, get home and, and I'm gonna undo the ratchet strap. When I did, um, it, it just, I pushed the button, it just like pops back and busts the end of my, my thumb open, right? Not like really that bad, but it, it still, it busted the end of it, it's like poof, blood. So I was like, all right, not really that big a deal. Wiped it off, put a Band-Aid, wrapped some electrical tape around it. Let's keep trucking, right? That's, how, that's what you do. And so I kept on going. Um, and, and, and it wasn't like it was excruciatingly painful, um, but for the next five, six, seven days, every time I did anything, especially because it's on my right hand, I hit that thing. Just getting my keys out of my pocket. I just did it there, right? You're just constantly hitting it and you don't realize um, what all the end of your thumb does. Like how much it's, it's, it's a part of everyday life. And you've had this same experience before with things you don't notice until it's messed up. But it's the same thing in the body. We look at some things and, you know, and, and, and the word of God's important and the preaching of the word's important. So we look at, at, at the pastor and we go, oh, well, he must be special. No. Just more seen. Every part is just as important. And God gives each one of us a function to fulfill one purpose. All is needed. But he gives us these functions, these gifts, these spiritual gifts. Now go to 2 Timothy. You're going to have to flip to the right on past Colossians where we were and through the Thessalonians. And um, you'll come to 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. In this, Paul knows that he's about to die. He knows that his time is very short, and he's given Timothy some last instructions and encouraging him with some things. And in this section, he's telling him to, to really preach and to fulfill his ministry. He, told, he reminds him of how powerful the scripture is for salvation, that it's always been true in his life. And, and he's wanting Timothy to see this. And then he tells us why this scripture is so powerful. He says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God gives us these functions, but here he tells us there's still equipping that needs to happen. We saw that in Ephesians 4, that God gives these gifts to the church, these people to the church to help equip and prepare people. So when you come to faith in Christ, there, the Spirit imparts certain gifts and functions to you to be used in the body. But here we see that the Word of God, to be thoroughly equipped, the Word of God needs to take its place, take its effect in your life, to begin to change how we think, how we see, um, to begin to grow us up into what God's already given us. So we're thoroughly equipped, thoroughly prepared, completely prepared. And if you've done much 
you know, in, in any type of position in the church, you know, it could have been, you might have served in kids, you might have spoke somewhere, I don't know what it might be for you, but listen, you know this, that when you first start out, even when you know it's something God's called you to, many times you're not very good at it. I'm not the best preacher by any means now, but I'll tell you this, I'm a lot better than I was when I first started. Because the first ones were real bad. Okay? What happened? God had to equip me. God had to raise me up. God had to bring me to a place where he wanted me to be. He's still doing that. I have not arrived. He's still growing me in my relationship with him. He's growing me in his image, in his identity, in his righteousness. He's growing me in my function in the body, more clearly defining that, what that looks like. He gives it to us, but he grows us up in it, okay? The word teaches us teaches us his will, teaches us how we function in the body. The word rebukes us. If we get out of, out of line, out of how we should function in the body, the, the, the word rebukes us. It corrects us. It brings us back in line with how, the, how God's will, his heart, how we function in the body. And then he trains us to carry out his will, his heart, our function in the body. How does all that happen? happens as we continue in his presence as we follow as we walk with him Jesus the head does all of it real quick why is the fullness in Christ important and we go back to this Genesis 1 26 um, and uh, we look at this you remember there, there, there are three things um, that we've mentioned relationship image or identity or righteousness, relationship, righteousness of Christ, his identity, his image, and then the expression, our ability to do in the world what God wants us to do. If you go and you look at the book of Genesis and you read Genesis 1 and 2, what you're going to find is that before sin, mankind had a perfect relationship with God. They could have a perfect relationship because they had perfect righteousness, right standing with God. Um, and they also had the ability to rule or function in the earth the way God called them and created them to function. But after sin, those three things were lost. What did we just talk about today? Relationship growing in righteousness, his image, his identity, and growing in our function, the ability to do what God created us to do in the beginning. The reason this is important for us to grow into it is that we cannot fulfill our purpose if we're not fully walking in these things. Does that make sense? Relationship, the righteousness of Christ, his identity, his image, and our function, our ability to do what he created us to do. All of these things are huge. How does it happen? We continue in his presence, okay? I told you today we're just kind of laying some things out. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna be breaking this down. Further, how do I continue in his presence? How, how does this happen? How do I grow in these things? Now that I've come to faith in Christ, how do I grow in this? What does this really look like practically? How does the word of God grow me up? How does the community of God grow me up? How does this all work out? This is what we're gonna be looking at is how we grow into fullness in Christ over the next few weeks. So 
I'm excited about it. I hope you will be too. Um, I really believe this is essential. This is important. Um, this is, as we've looked at, foundational to us becoming who God wants us to be, okay? I want to pray for us, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, I thank you for your heart for us, your love, God. I thank you for every person here. God, that you know them by name. I thank you, God, for your love for them. God, I pray our hearts would be consumed by your love and, and they'd be consumed by our love for you, Lord, and that the one passion we would have in life, the one thing that would burn within us, God, would be knowing you and fulfilling your purpose, God, to fill this earth so that every corner, every piece sings your praises. God, I pray your grace becomes more and more amazing to us and that your love compels us into the purposes you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you guys, I hope you have a, a good week. God bless you.